Welcome. This is David Barris, president of the American Association of Bank Directors. This is our second podcast on bank mergers and acquisitions. The subject today is the importance of a thorough strategic plan before your bank seriously considers buying another bank or selling itself. Once a bank retains an investment banker to acquire to be acquired, it's off to the races. Too often, the deal process overtakes the strategic process. Sometimes it makes sense to retain an independent advisor, such as Dave Martin, our guest today, to review your strategic plan before hiring an investment advisor. An independent advisor should be compensated by a set fee to preserve his or her independence, not on the success of an acquisition or sale. In his letter to shareholders of Berkshire Hathaway in March of 2020, Warren Buffett wrote the following about the importance of an independent acquisition advice. Acquisition proposals remain a particularly vexing problem for board members. The legal orchestration for making deals has been refined and expanded, but I have yet to see a CEO who craves an acquisition bring in an informed and articulate critic to argue against it. Overall, the deck is stacked in favor of the deal that's coveted by the CEO and his or her staff. It would be an interesting exercise to hire two expert acquisition advisors, one pro, one con, to deliver his or her views on a proposed deal to the board, with the winning advisor to receive, say, 10 times the token sum paid to the loser. The current system, whatever its shortcomings for shareholders, works magnificently for CEOs and the many advisors and other professionals who feast on deals. Don't ask the barber whether you need a haircut. Thank you, Mr. Buffett. We welcome any questions or suggestions you might have. My email address is dbarris, B as in Bob, A-R-I-S, at aabd.org. All right, let's call Dave. Hello, Dave. Welcome. Hi. Dave, uh, today we're going to be talking about uh, the importance of uh, strategic planning and how it fits together with uh, mergers and acquisitions. Having represented buyers or sellers in more than 90 bank deals, as an attorney, I, I was struck by the number that occur without a proper or, or prior a thorough review by the party of the strategic plan and how an acquisition or sale would be in the best interest of the shareholders. And I was wondering if you have seen the same phenomenon. Well, I have many times. And instead of being the natural outcome of some well-thought-out strategy, as you described, the process probably begins and many times with a phone call from an investment banker. And then things start to happen fast. I've seen it from both sides, both as a commercial banker receiving those phone calls and as an investment banker making those calls. But some community banks do it well, they're ready. I'd remind you that we met 20 years ago when we were helping a small community bank put together a strategic plan that led directly to a series of successful acquisitions over a period of years. They knew exactly what they wanted to do, and they were ready every time they got a phone call. But I think they were the exception, really. Many community banks don't begin thinking seriously about an acquisition until they get that phone call. Dave, what, what accounts for the um, that insufficient strategic thinking? Is that is it because banks and bank directors are focused more on the day-to-day -day matters that uh, 
face them as banks? Well, they they are, of course, yeah. focused on the day-to-day matters, but they every bank has a strategic plan. As a matter of fact, I think the bank examiners require it. So some community banks, maybe a lot of them, put in time and effort and make a lot of PowerPoint presentations and produce a book. And then they put the book up on a shelf until next year. Acquisition should be one of the items for further investigation. Actually, the bankers know exactly which banks and non-banks they'd like to buy, and they've probably been romancing several banks, banks long before they get that call from the investment banker. They also know which banks are possible candidates for failure, or at least they should know, on the possibility that the call may come from the FDIC. And CEOs of community banks know which of their competitors are candidates for failure, and in fact, you know and I know, they love talking about it. By the way, we haven't talked about planning to sell. That does happen. I've had strategic planning engagements where the conclusion of the plan was to sell, and naturally I thought it was the right conclusion for that particular bank. What uh, practical steps could you suggest to banks and bank boards uh, to strengthen their uh, strategic process to better evaluate whether they should be buyers or sellers, or neither? Well, they're already doing it, or at least they're going through the motions. Uh, We've said they all have a strategic plan. Most strategic plans start out the right way with a situation assessment. You've heard that term SWOT analysis, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. They might, might not use those exact terms, but that's the objective. What's the condition of the bank relative to its environment? The results of that process vary widely depending in large part on the participant's candor. And as you know, candor can be scarce in some of these processes. But even if a bank is doing very well, say earning 1% or more on assets, as most community banks do, the question is, can they keep on doing that? Most of the banks I talk to are concerned about maintaining their current profitability more now than I ever remember. I saw an article recently published by S&P Global, uh, the information source, that made that point very simply. The author was speaking about all U.S. banks with less than $10 billion in assets. That group earned 1.29% on assets in 2019, 129 basis points. Projecting current trends, the article said that that 129 would fall to 95 in 2022. And that was written a few months before the coronavirus arrived. It's hard to predict the long-term effect of COVID-19, but clearly the short-term effect will be bad for banks, for everybody. But it may cause the survivors to think more strategically. Going back to the S&P Global article, I asked the author if he expected those banks to just sit back and watch their their earnings drop by 30 basis points. He said obviously he wasn't. He, He didn't expect that. He was projecting a significant increase in community bank mergers. My guess is that COVID-19 just accelerates that. You asked me what I'd recommend to community banks, how I'd change the planning process. 
Well, I think the, the basic structure is right. Uh, this idea might not sell, but I'd recommend that they separate the acquisition question from the strategic pl planning process. In other words, if they decide they're going to be a buyer, they ought to handle the buying process, or if they decide to be a seller, the selling process in a different group. Strategic planning involves lots of people in every part of the bank. The object is to produce a plan for growth and profitability of the bank the way it is, relying on what we call organic growth. When we're talking about inorganic growth, in other words, buying another institution or selling the institution, I think it should be a different, much smaller group, obviously for a potential seller or even for a buyer. Those topics require strict confidentiality, even within the bank. Uh, I'd add one more thing to that. It can be a mistake to talk too much about acquisition plans, either in the bank or particularly outside the bank. Recently, I called a CEO of a bank I know very well to congratulate him on a very good acquisition that he had just done and to give him a piece of advice he didn't ask for. Uh, I, read it, I read the write-up of his press conference, and he was asked at the end to comment on his future acquisition plans, and he did at length. Naturally, he didn't disclose names, but he did disclose geography and timing. When I called him up, I told him I thought it would be a good idea next time he was asked that question after he'd done an acquisition to say something like, oh, shucks, we're just going concentrate to on, concentrate on making this deal perfect. He didn't reply after I said that, but then after a pause, he said, thank you. He got the point. The point is that telling the market that you're going to embark on an ambitious acquisition spree isn't going to help your stock price. We've talked earlier about the role of the invest investment banker. There's another point to add regarding the investment banker role, and that's timing. When do you invite the investment banker into the process as either a buyer or a seller? I said once before that as soon as the investment banker is hired, things will start to happen fast, and in some, some situations, too fast. Let's talk about the sell side first. It's critical that the prospective seller is committed to sale, and by committed, I mean that the full board and possibly any very large shareholders are committed to the sale. I've seen it happen when they weren't. Sometimes it's necessary just to ask the question directly so there's no ambiguity. The wrong time to find out that a director or a large shareholder didn't want to sell the bank is when a buyer is doing due diligence in the boardroom. Okay, one final question. Um, what can the board itself do specifically to strengthen its supervisory or oversight role in this strategic process? Should it be through the full board? Should it be a committee? Should it be, uh, should it involve management where they identify one person uh, to head the effort? How do you think that might work? And I know there well, may be a dichotomy between large banks and small banks. I was gonna say it varies with every bank and not not necessarily just with size. 
you and I have both seen that there are some banks where the entire board is totally engaged in what's going on in the bank. They're aware of the importance of confidentiality, and the whole board is a good a good group to be involved in the planning process and maybe in a, a purchase or sale process. But there are an awful lot of banks that aren't that way, where um, uh, first of all, for the strategic planning process, you're going to have operating people in uh, in the process. Once you get talking about either purchase or sale, you don't want operating people in the bank. You don't even want them in the bank when that decision is made to be a buyer or a seller. Um, they can participate in outlining the best role for organic growth. But now we're talking about inorganic growth or sale. Uh, it's it's a smaller group, and it may not even be the whole board. Uh, you and I know that there are there are directors who are involved, and there are directors who aren't involved. There are also occasionally the situation where you have large shareholders who, for one reason or another, are not on the board. Um, it's good to have them involved in some fashion maybe not directly in the process, but at least to make sure that you're not doing something that they don't want you to do. Thank you very much, Dave, and we'll see you next time. Okay. Thank you, David.